0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. This is the Fantasy Record with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Put the needle on the record. I'm Brad the Big Boys Evans, joined by senior fun buns, Brandon Funston. And Brandon, we've all been in this situation before. You go out Friday night, just unload at the bar. You're just imbibing everything left and right. You're getting shots in front of you. You're beer chasing those shots. You're having a good time. You're just unwinding, getting your liver primed for the weekend. Maybe you stumble out of the bar at 1 a.m. All of a sudden, your stomach starts grumbling. At least you think it does. And you go and get some food. What is your go-to move late at night when you've had a few barley pops in you
1: that you are just got a hankering for? Well, the number one thing is pizza cuz it's so easy to eat, right? You just grab it and you can you don't need utensils. It can just fold it in half and shove it down your gullet. Uh, <laughs> so that's probably number one or a, or a burger. Like a late night like Dick's Burgers in Seattle area right. like you just you can get a nice greasy burger. It's open like to the wee hours. Um, so if, if it's a burger or, or pizza, I'm usually gravitating that way.
0: Please tell me Dick's tagline is big, thick, and juicy. Get one in your <laughs>
1: mouth at Dick's. Uh, it is not the official tagline. I think it's probably <laughs> the unofficial tagline of everybody who lives in the Seattle Metro They're, they're area. not
0: advertising it? It's not on a billboard somewhere? <laughs> you're driving down the highway? Big, thick, and juicy. Get it in your mouth. Come to Dick's.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, uh, I've got a story for you. I, mine, by the way, is either burrito or burger mm. every single time. Every Burritos be great, and but,
1: that's actually could be you can even kind of construe that as healthy for you. Uh,
0: not really, uh, but I, I'm, I'm I appreciate that. So next time I go in an altered state, I'll just have this epiphany. Oh, Brandon said this is good for me. This yeah. thousand calorie bomb about to put in my gut, <laughs> and my cardiologist is like, "Yo, slow down." <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, it never is like a thousand calories of anything good at like one in the morning. No,
0: no, especially when you wake up the next day. And you're like, what did I do to myself, man? So anyway. Why, why do I have
1: to take a really big poop right now? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like, why Why is this just sitting so heavy? And you're on the can for the next like three hours. Uh, and now in New York City, I agree with you. The pizza slice, that's the way to go. Go to any number of Rays that are out there. Uh, right. They all claim to be the original. And just walk in, get yourself a slice, and walk out. Uh, And you're right. You're right. You just fold it. There's no utensils. Anyway, there's a woman in England. And I figured this was perfect timing to discuss this story. This happened back in early September uh, because we have our first London game of the year. Mm. And I guarantee you it's Raiders, Bears, and Bears fans travel in droves everywhere across the planet to watch their beloved team. And there's going to be some drunken sot. With Bears garbon, probably wearing a McMahon jersey. Hell, it could even be a Curtis Enos jersey. We could have that sighting out there. Or Rashawn Salam or something like that. Oh, jeez. Rest in peace, Rashawn. But uh, I, there's a story out there where a woman stumbled in to a subway late at night. And she ordered, again, at a subway, cucumbers. Not only that, but also black olives and cheese. That's it on the sandwich. That made national news? That made national news. Yes. I found it in the strange news stories. But a woman went in, she ordered at a Subway shop late at night, drunk off her butt, cucumbers, black olives, cheese on a sandwich and said, That looks good. <laughs> that was it. And the dude oh, the dude I that made the so sandwich the dude that made the sandwich at Subway took a photo of it because he couldn't believe how outlandish Uh, As the sandwich artist that he is The palette that was just presented In front of him and he posted it on Twitter And it went viral
1: Wow It's it's weird But like I don't know that it deserved to go viral But I will say that is very bizarre First of all I think olives are maybe The most vile thing that You you really hate olives dude (laughs) Oh I hate olives with a passion That's my number one most hated food And so I, I think that sandwich choice Is terrible but like Cucumbers and cheese, I'm down with it. She didn't want any mayonnaise, mustard, anything. No, no, dry.
0: Cucumbers,
1: cheese, olives. That's it. (laughs) Just wretched. Yeah, that is wretched. But, uh, you know, that'll sop some things up in your stomach, a nice big loaf of bread in your stomach. That'll work.
0: Uh, For her sake, I guess. I mean, there's just no style or substance to it. So listen, Bears fans, I know you like meat. Do America a favor and just load up. Triple meat. Get the cold cut combo one in the morning after a few barley pops as the Bears hopefully will celebrate a victory across the pond. And speaking of Bears, let's talk about them because they're not going to have their starting quarterback. And that kicks off our big three headlines here, Brandon, as Mitchell Trubisky is likely going to miss action, though not an extended amount of action. The Bears, who have a bye week after their London game. Due to a subluxation of his shoulder. He's got a slight labrum tear as well. But may only miss a couple of weeks. But it sounds like it's going to be Chase Daniel this week. Uh, we do have a couple of teams on bye here in week number five. And that is Detroit and Miami. Of course, everybody out there. All those Josh Rosen fans out there. If you need a streaming quarterback or Matt Stafford. Uh, Chase Daniel's kind of interesting going against that Raiders secondary. That's given up uh, over eight yards per attempt this season but brandon what's the ripple effects here do you feel let me just propose this question to you do you think that how Chase does this, Daniel is how does this positive positively impact exactly. all Bears? is he an up <laughs> is he an upgrade over trubisky
1: uh i would maybe argue just from the visual evidence that he is uh the reason we liked trubisky not me but some not was me it, either <laughs> was that you felt like there was a rushing ceiling that was pretty good there. Uh, but he hasn't really been running a whole lot. So it, you know, just arm arm to arm here. I've, I've had, Chase Daniel might be an upgrade. Mitch Trubisky can make more throws, uh, but he doesn't make them accurately. And so <laughs> Chase Daniel's going to get you uh, you know, short to intermediate range accuracy. So uh, Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery in the passing game, maybe a little bit more Anthony Miller than we've seen. I don't like the vertical. I mean, I don't think it's going to be much Taylor Gabriel Uh, between the 20s. Taylor Gabriel gets healthy, and, you know, he had that weird game where he had three touchdowns. They were all kind of short routes. But, uh, like, in general, Taylor, Taylor Gabriel is a vertical guy. Um, And I don't know about Alan Robinson that being great for his upside. But I could see this being pretty good for Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. I'm still going to rank Allen Robinson as a wide receiver, too. I mean, the workload's there. He's seen eight and a half
0: uh, targets per game, six receptions per game, 70 yards per game, has a one touchdown, and it's the Raiders. Outside of Daryl Worley in this secondary, every other DB that is healthy right now has allowed at least a 105-plus passer rating. Yeah, they played pretty
1: well last week, though.
0: They they did, but Daniel's more accurate. I mean, he he did get a couple starts last season. He completed 69.7% of his attempts. He went for 230 and two against Detroit and 285, a touchdown and two picks against the Giants in those pair of games. But I I agree. They are pressing the upgrade button here out of necessity, which is a beautiful thing. And I think the the impacts will be positive, not only for Allen Robinson, maybe for a Trey Burton who's been a forgotten man there, Yeah, you know, not necessarily Taylor Gabriel, but possibly as well, Dave Montgomery, though, yes, mandatory Montgomery, uh, he has not done much with the opportunities presented to him. However, what do he have, 24 touches last week? So finally, fed him. Unfortunately, the offensive line is not creating any breathing room. They are 26th in run blocking efficiency, according to PFF.
1: Can Chase Daniel, Wally Pip, Mitch Trubisky for the rest of the season? Yes. I think it's a possibility. Like, if, if he goes out
0: and lights the world on fire across the pond, uh, that is going to raise the whispers to a scream on Chicago sports radio, uh, you know, a- across the area saying, we want Chase Daniel rest of the season. Now, let's, I, maybe that'll buy him another start. And after the bye week, the Bears do get New Orleans at home. Let's say Chase Daniel goes out and beats up on Marshawn Lattimore and company, who've been up and down. For much of the year you know very inconsistent they were brilliant last week against Dallas, but before that Marshawn Lattimore is one of the more generous defensive backs in the nfl yeah this could be the end of the mitchell trubisky era though the chance of that happening i would put it like 20 25 percent
1: yeah i think that was probably higher than a lot of people would would think so um it's interesting we'll see how it plays out i think you know he's in a great opportunity in this one i think if he was to go against New Orleans as well, and then also show well in that one. That would really, that would really give Matt Nagy pause for sure. What do you do with Montgomery this week? Uh, probably going to get peppered with questions about
0: him, uh, whether or not to start or sit him. I, I have him ranked as a top twenty running back, but again, uh, I'm looking at his stats through orange colored goggles. Uh, are you? Yeah, with me on no. This?
1: I just in my head, I was thinking that it was. It would be a decent week. He'd definitely be in my uh, the middle of my RB two range. I would guess. I haven't started my rankings yet. It's something I do after this pod, but um, I think I'm going to be right in the same area. I don't know if I'll be – like well inside the top twenty, but I can see myself being in that eighteen to twenty-two range at the running back position.
0: The Raiders have allowed four point three yards per carry, one hundred and thirty-seven total yards per game, and a pair of touchdowns to running back uh, uh, running backs. Snow Vantes, perfect. sign see you later. Hopefully, he is in football purgatory for the remainder of his life after uh, that inexplicable and unnecessary. Spearing of the dome of Jack Doyle of when he was already on the ground. I mean, Bershut yeah. is the dirtiest player
1: since Bill Romanowski. He's yeah. dirtier than
0: Ndamukong Su. He's like 10 Su's put together.
1: Yeah, he's pretty bad. So, yeah, they're actually, I've seen people calling for him to be done for his career. Um, but he's played a long time, so that would be okay if he was.
0: Yeah, all right, let's move on to our second topic here in the Big Three, and it's SWASH
1: BUCKALAN YAR!
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Los Angeles and hanging 55, a double nickel on the Rammies in a game that nobody saw coming. Just a wild, wacky, crazy contest there in the City of Angels. Uh, Do you believe this is more of a mirage, or is it going to be money in the bank moving forward for this Buccaneers offense?
1: Well, it's a combination of some really bad defense by the Rams, but you're looking at you know, you're looking at Tampa, who we were excited about Bruce Arians, you know, and what that meant for Jameis Winston. There's talent around him, and, oh, this was going to be such a good passing offense. And then we, we hit two duds in a row against San Francisco and Carolina to start the year, and then you start backpedaling a little bit. But now you're getting what you thought you were going to get, which was, you know, back-to-back 380-plus yards and three-plus touchdowns from Jameis Winston. Um, so I think it's I think it's more real than Mirage. I don't think it's... Yeah, you know, I don't think it's full on real. I think but I think you're gonna probably see a lot of thirty point efforts out of this Buccaneers offense going forward.
0: I think you will too. I mean, the one thing we know about Bruce Arians is he's vertically minded. You know, he wants to stretch defenses out, he wants to attack downfield, and we're not talking like pedal farting around here with five uh, ten yard passes. This ain't the Arizona air raid, right? Right where you're kinda of trying to nickel and dime the opponent with the occasional or sporadic Throw beyond 20 yards. No, they will go after you relentlessly and assertively uh, beyond that 20-yard line. And they're going to continue to do it. Now, you look at the schedule upcoming for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you get New Orleans this week. We'll see what version of the secondary for the Saints, uh, you know, appears on Sunday. Then you get Carolina. And that's been a stingy secondary. Bradbury's been brilliant in coverage. Then the bye weekend at Tennessee. Another difficult opponent there. And then at Seattle, so this is a stretch of, of weeks, with the exception, I would say, of New Orleans. Maybe you could argue Seattle, but I think that secondary, you would say, too, has made some strides. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, this is a tough row of games. If Tampa goes out there in this version, now it's probably going to show up, but even half of this version that we saw against the Rammies arrives in these contests, it's all systems go rest of the season. And for those that bought low and Mike Evans, just take victory laps now. Chris Godwin, what tender hip. <laughs> yeah, got, exactly. What tender hip. And here's the biggest development of them all. And probably one of the most extraordinary ones, I think, across fantasy land so far in the early season, Brandon, is the emergence of one Ronald Jones, who we panned, who we lampooned, who we made fun of on this podcast throughout the entire offseason.
1: And right now, I'm picking Crow out of my teeth. He's looked great. Yeah, I tweeted out that uh, week five of year two was the week that Ronald Jones finally became fantasy relevant in in the office pool. You know, if you're betting on when do we care about Ronald Jones, well, this is the week because he has rushed for 70 yards in three or four games. Do you know that's tied for the league lead? There's seven guys that have had rushing yards of 70 or more in three games this year. And all the other guys are bell cows, you know, so Ronald Jones is in that company. My problem with it is I don't think this backfield has much upside. This is a passing offense. This is a backfield. I don't think Bruce Arians plans on going to one guy. I, You know, we saw in week two, second half of the game, he went almost exclusively with Peyton Barber. I forget who they were playing. I want to say like uh, Week two it? would have been Carolina. Carolina. they kind of like And they went into Carolina, and they won that game. And to kind of milk that victory, they used Peyton Barber a lot. And in this one, they kind of rode Ronald Jones down the stretch in the second half. And I think I will go back and forth. And by the way, neither of those guys are really involved in this big passing attack. It's been Dario Gamuale. So I think this is just another one of those convoluted backfields. I think Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber are going to continue to split things. And you're going to get a low ceiling. But you're also going to get it. He's showing that you're going to get a decent – decent floor you know it's not i just don't think there's there's going to be a whole lot of room to be a whole lot better than what he's been to this point
0: well i i will say this i mean he's uh generated 2.84 yards after contact per attempt and i think the most impressive thing with him is that added weight has done wonders for him and in, in terms of his power and he hasn't sacrificed elusiveness he has forced a missed tackle brandon 26.4 percent of the time that's dynamite that's
1: yeah. terrific. I mean, well I don't know if you saw that late run where he, kind of there he was trying to run out clock, he was going towards the sideline and then he turned it upfield and carried guys for like I don't know another 5 plus yards. Yep. Uh and you know, got him right down to the to the goal line pretty much, but it was a fantastic physical run uh and you know, also showed some smarts to to turn things back upfield and not get to the out of bounds line where he was going. So, I was really impressed specifically with that run. It showed a lot of power. And this is a guy that, you know, his senior year at USC, he started to show that he could run between the tackles. And now that's starting to show up a little bit in the NFL, too. Yeah, he's not Jamal
0: Charles. I can tell you that right now. Right. Now, he has seen eight or more men in the box 32% of the time. That is top six according to NFL Next Gen stats. But the Tampa Bay offensive line, number 12 in run blocking efficiency, I like him. I understand it's a rotational backfield, but I think there could be back-end RB2 yields consistently for him. Rest of season, uh, the Saints upcoming get a 4.3 yards per carry, the running back position. Then he get Carolina after that. 4.8 yards per carry before the Buccaneers go on by So, he
1: Well, is- and I will say really quickly to your point about back end RB2. That back end RB2 is kind of a wasteland, and so I agree it is. because <laughs> you you get to about RB23 and you can start arguing about 10 to 12 running backs in that mix. So, I think Ronald Jones fits into that group and um You know, he's got as much upside maybe as a lot of those guys in the back end of the RB2 group.
0: Yeah, he reminds me of my youngest son who said to me last night, he goes, he yelled up. He's upstairs, and he yells down to my wife and I, and he goes, guys, guys, I got hair on my balls. (laughs) I'm not lying. That's what he shouted out, and we, we all just started losing it, and we were like applauding. Congratulations. Congratulations, bro. Nicely done. It's like Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones finally got hair on his balls, Brandon. he went from a boy to a man this past week with the 20 touches,
1: 82 combined yards. I think I found our headline.
0: Boy to a man?
1: No, I I think I found our podcast headline. Ronald Jones finally got hair Hair on 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 his his balls.
0: balls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that could be a great (laughs) T-shirt. We'll sell three of those in the greater Tampa Bay area. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the the lightning bolt, maybe, that is Melvin Gordon. Would you try to ride that bolt this week? He did not play a single snap last week in Miami. Uh, he was there for emergency purposes only. He was kind of like the axe or the extinguisher encased in glass. Nobody had to break it. Austin Eckler and uh, Troy Main Pope handled all the work, but you would expect him to get a few touches this week. Maybe he's going to be eased in a little bit more, uh, but Gordon and the L.A. Chargers bringing in the Denver Broncos who just gave up what? 220 yards on the ground to Leonard Fournette. So give me a fearless forecast for Gordon, and do you trust his services
1: in week five? Um, Let me see. Fearless forecast. I'll say 10 carries, 43 yards, three catches, 27 yards. Does 70- he find the end zone? Uh, yes, I say he does.
0: All right, so I already wrote about him. Uh, A little foreshadow here in the Fantasy Flames column. Here is my fearless forecast. I'm far more bullish than you are. 15 carries, 65 yards, 3 catches, 26 receiving yards, and a TD that shakes out the 16.6 Yahoo Fantasy points.
1: Okay, so you gave him 5 more carries, but did you notice I said 3 catches for 27 yards? I blacked out
0: right there. I don't know what happened.
1: (laughs) And then, so you just have him down for uh, roughly... You have him down for 14 more total yards than me, uh, and we both set a touchdown. So you're 1.4 on uh, you know the fantasy scoring ahead of me. Not not by a ton. So we're in the same area. What does that rank out for you in terms of running back rankings?
0: I uh, will probably like RB14, 15, yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, I mean, the Broncos, dude, are bad. And they just lost Bradley Chubb for the year to a torn ACL, and he's been one of their better run defenders. I so... will tell
1: you this. I will probably rank David Montgomery ahead of – Melvin Gordon. Really? Yeah. I love you for that. Thank you. <laughs> but I think that's a fair comp this week. I think they'll be pretty close. Uh,
0: I think it's. A, I think Ronald Jones is
1: right there, too, to be honest.
0: I mean, they're all going to be kind of lumped together in that morass, as you mentioned, Man, I that is a back-and-RB-T. Like rb just do the fact race. that
1: Ronald Jones has three catches on the year. Like they, I mean, he's averaging like 24 yards a catch. They should throw the ball to him more. It's but, uh, But they got Dario Gamalale. They just – hogging all those pass-catching uh, backfield touches. So that that kind of kills his upside for me as well.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, Austin Eckler is going to be involved. Probably 11 to 13 total touches around there, maybe a little bit more. And the Broncos, man, the winless, hapless Denver Broncos, my under-seven wins total ticket, it, it, might as well cash it now. They're
1: not going to that. Even was, even that even was a hard-luck game for them against Jackson. Dude,
0: they've had two hard-luck games. The Bears game? Yeah. I mean, that was that uh, improbable roughing the passer call. Oh, that
1: was the worst. Ugh.
0: And then Eddie say that's Pinero the worst call of the year,
1: is. but there's been a couple of those roughing the passer ones that are just
0: ridiculous. Yeah, it's the whole weight thing, which I don't understand. Like, what is the guy supposed to do? Is he just going to all of a sudden – Tackle a dude and try to spin when off when they're of him? that
1: close. They don't even know the quarterback. No, whether he has the ball or not anymore. I, like, I don't get how you're supposed to know in that, in that heartbeat that, of a difference between when the guy throws it to when the guy gets hit. Yeah, these guys are quick twitch athletes, but they're not freaking grasshoppers.
0: <laughs> you know, you're like, give me a break. They, they can't think that quickly. Your synapses can't fire and message to your muscles. Oh my god, I'm, I'm. A, it's a weight issue. I gotta like somehow. Fall off this guy before I get flagged. They can't do that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, the Broncos have allowed 4.7 yards per carry, 162 total yards per game, six touchdowns, and the six most fantasy points to RBs. And as I mentioned before, down Bradley Chubb, rest of the season to an ACL injury. I like Melvin Gordon. You're on uh, the same boat as me as uh, an RB2 at a minimum this week. Uh, for fantasy purposes. All right, brand let's go into a little game of deal or no deal. But before we do that, uh, I did want to mention that this edition of the fantasy record podcast is brought to you by Yahoo fantasy. And we're talking about the daily version. Uh, we've got all kinds of fun and exciting contests on tap for week number five, uh, we've got a $350,000 baller competition, $35,000 to first place, only 10 bucks to enter. Of course, a Yahoo Cup, a $5,000 free roll every single week and $150,000 in season-long prizes. $100,000 guaranteed, another contest with 10000 to first place and $25 to enter. And a $9,000 guaranteed, and these are the games that I love, single-entry contest. No management fee. It's one bullet in the chamber. That's it. One grand to first place and three bucks to enter. Uh, All you got to do is go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Again, yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to sign up. Do so today. I love those single entry competitions. All right, let's do a little one-for-one, talking about single entries, uh, trade evaluations. We're going to go player by player here, Brandon, and I want you to imagine that you're the owner of of the player that I throw out there. And you decide deal or no deal for the players that I rattle off. All right? Okay. Here oh, yeah. we go. Saquon Barkley. Now, he claims he's going to beat his four- to eight-week timetable, which would put him around, what, week five or so for the New York Giants? Or week seven, excuse me. It's week five right now. Uh, that would be against Arizona. Maybe week eight at Detroit. Dallas week nine. He's going to be in that range That's what he feels. He's no M.D., there's you no know, none of that, uh, you know, kind of acronym after his name. So I'll have to wait and see how that pans out. But here are the one for one trades recently agreed upon in Yahoo Leagues for Saquon services. Saquon for Juju Smith Schuster, who's been a colossal failure so far this year, even in a blowout against Cincinnati couldn't even hit twenty yards, Brandon. Would you is that a deal or is that no deal, Saquon for Juju?
1: Can I just tell you, I'm looking at the list of guys you're going to throw my way, and I might not trade Barkley for all three of them combined. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, you know, kill you know, two birds with one stone. <laughs> in this yeah. case, three birds. Go, so go ahead and go ahead and read them all out. Okay. So Juju
0: Smith-Schuster, David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill. We still have a vague timetable on Tyreek as well. So you're saying the combination of the three, as a Saquon owner, if that was put in front of you, you say no deal.
1: I'm just like man, like I I want the true true difference maker. And Saquon was a difference maker before he got hurt. He was a, he's one of the most consistently awesome fantasy entities out there. He's right, right up there with Ezekiel Elliott in terms of week to week solid consistency. Uh, one of the biggest game breakers. And if he's talking about beating his timetable, and we're talking about him being back in week seven, which You know, it kind of seems like one of those Adrian Peterson, tiger blood kind of guys that uh, maybe they're just in a whole nother level of recuperative, you know, just, they were just dealt the hand, uh, you know, a pair of aces. And so uh, like, I, I don't know. Juju's got issues with this backup quarterback world in Pittsburgh, David Montgomery, as much as we like him battling the headwind that is Matt Nagy and Tyreek Hill, you know, his timetable might still be longer than Saquon Barkley's if we're going to believe Barkley. So I'm not even coming close to entertaining any of these in one for ones, and again, uh, I think I would need all three of them to even consider it.
0: I would at least need two uh, to yeah. remotely debate it. I could, you know, maybe Juju and Dave Montgomery. It depends how desperate you are. I mean, maybe you're sitting at 0 for right now. You have one win, and you're yeah, a like claw you have
1: like really crappy depth. Your lineups each week are you're, you're starting two to three turds. You know, like okay, <laughs> let's diversify a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's, I mean, let's... if you're you're trotting out like Trey Quinn. Keyshawn Johnson, you know, some of these guys as a flex, and you're just like, God, desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you're like, yeah, you could plug a couple of holes by getting with a Saquon now, then I could see the justification for it because you have to win now. Got to play to win, right? As Herm Edwards would say. And apparently Arizona State doesn't play to win at home, only on the road. (laughs) Covering machines away from Tempe. But I'm with you there on Saquon Barkley. Let's move on to Aaron Jones. Uh, The one-for-ones conducted recently in Yahoo Leagues. Aaron Jones for Robert Woods. Deal or no deal there? Uh, No deal. I would take no deal either. I think Robert Woods is going to have a humbling week five because Jared Goff's on the road at Seattle. Uh, A secondary making some strides. Great breakout performance for Woods. Got off the schneid against Tampa Bay. But that is a vulnerable, exploitable, flammable secondary. Not the case for Seattle. I say no deal as well, despite... We'll see if Jamal Williams will be back this week, that, but doesn't matter. Aaron Jones is really commanding a lot of the red zone work for the
1: Green Bay Packers. What about Aaron Jones for Darren Waller if you're really needy for a tight end? Mm, that would be one I would consider if I really needed a tight end. The guy's been a absolute stud. He hasn't found the end zone, but he's caught everything thrown his way, and they've thrown a ton his way. 33 catches and 37 targets. Fantastic ratio. Um but I'm probably sticking with Aaron Jones because you mentioned. I mean, he's been a he's been a goal line guy. He's got four touchdowns his last three games. He's caught four or more passes in two of his last three. That interests me. I know Jamal Williams was out, and he probably got more uh, passing game work because of it. But he caught six balls last week, and we'll see. I mean, if Jamal Williams is out again and Aaron Jones shows well again, we might really see him uh, take on a true sort of – bill cowish kind of role going forward so i'm going to stick with the running back i just don't think there's a lot of uh impact running backs out there and so for that reason i'm going to stay with aaron jones here
0: yeah it's getting thin it's getting a little desolate as we mentioned uh, particularly in the back end once you get about rb21 rb22 you start scratching your head a little bit uh you look at green bay's schedule at dallas this week detroit oakland at kansas city some nice matchups there man yeah and aaron, aaron Rodgers started to play better ball at least he's stretching defenders a little bit more than the game manager that we saw the first couple of weeks of the regular season. So I'd love Darren Waller, but I'd definitely go Aaron Jones.
1: This is one of those, if I'm not playing Aaron Jones because I'm looking really good at running back and I really am, am crap at tight end, I might pull this deal off. But it's a, it's a corner case, kind of a, a situation where I would actually make this deal in a, in a kind of in a vacuum. I'm probably not doing it. Uh, what about for Matt Breida? Nah. Yeah, I, it's a firm no for me as well. Breida's
0: yeah, just not yeah. scoring touchdowns. They have right. very defined roles in the Shanahan backfield, right? Yep. It's it's Breida, then he makes in a little Mostert or Tevin Coleman whenever he gets back, and there's Jeffrey Wilson at the goal line. They and once they again in the red zone. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He's got four touchdowns in his last two games, we're going to get to him in a little bit later in a game of absolutely fabulous, but he could have another multi-TD game under the primetime lines against the Brownies this week. Yes, he could. If Tevin Coleman is not back, and we haven't heard anything yet about it. And speaking
1: of Tevin Coleman.
0: Oh, there he is. Uh, so, Coleman, and here's what's interesting about him. Shanahan's already come out and said, look, he, Coleman will be our red zone back once he is healthy. He's on record for saying that. Jeffrey Wilson is essentially fulfilling the Coleman role. And then he'll be expanded out a little bit. You'll see him peppered in between the 20s here and there. But this San Francisco offensive line, Brandon, is I a borderline elite unit in terms of run blocking, despite Joe well, Staley's it's, absence. Well, it's the
1: number one fantasy backfield right now. It's too bad there's not one person who's taking a commanding role in it, but it is the number one scoring fantasy backfield.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not Garrison Hurst, you know, back there to get the carries. That Roger Craig... But, uh, I mean, there's definitely some upside here with Tevin Coleman. One-for-ones for him. John Ross is doing that with a shoulder injury. We'll see if he's yeah. going to be available in Week 5. Not you... giving
1: up Tevin Coleman for that.
0: I would say no deal there. What about Tevin Coleman for James White? James White all day and twice on Sunday. I would take James White if it's a PPR league. If it's a standard,
1: i go Tevin Coleman. If it's half, I'm going James White.
0: I think i still go Tevin Coleman in half. Because yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll like... get a few catches here and there. Uh, all right, so you're going to say no deal. I say deal. What about Tevin Coleman for Philip Lindsay? Deal or no deal?
1: I want Philip Lindsay. <sighs> Tevin Coleman. <laughs> you deal. Philip. Royce you hate- forever. You hate Philip Lindsay. Royce forever.
0: I got that tattooed on my inner thigh. I don't know if you knew that. Royce forever. And I've got mandatory Montgomery on the left inner portion of my thigh.
1: Yeah, nothing gets you hot and heavy like Royce Freeman and David Montgomery. Uh, I, or maybe it's your wife. Maybe you put it on your inner thigh so your wife can uh, get excited. Well, I, ha- I have a. a <laughs> oh, God.
0: I have a tattoo on my taint of Monty Ball. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs>
1: I did not. Which seems appropriate.
0: Last name Ball. You know, it's right there.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, we're I'm working We're not hovering. I'm, I'm I'm sliding the mouse over. No, to we're the not opposite. hovering. No, and
0: there's nothing to see here. It's like in the naked gun with all the fireworks going on in the background. Uh, what about DeAndre Hopkins, uh, a player that's been so disappointing? Really, this Houston offense, Brandon, has been repulsive the last couple of weeks. They've had some serious issues. Deshaun Watson taking on too many sacks. Here are the one for once. DeAndre Hopkins for T.Y. Hilton. Expecting him back this week in a shootout affair with a total of 57 versus Kansas City. Deal or no deal? I want Nuke. Oh, God. Close. It really – I don't understand what that, I mean, he's still got – he's got three drops.
1: Spider-Man patience, hands. Patience, Grasshopper. Look I at, know. man. I mean, no one's been more consistent year over year than DeAndre Hopkins, and it's been with – we've seen him with shit quarterbacks. And we've seen him with, De- with uh, Deshaun Watson. We've seen – in a similar situation with Deshaun Watson getting sacked all the time, the numbers will bear out in the end. All right, I say no deal. It's close, though. I really like what uh, the
0: brisket is doing right now for the Indianapolis Colts. He's so underrated. He really is. That game's got to be close. Although,
1: that, that, did not look good without TY last week. No, but Brissett
0: still went for, what, 265 and
1: three touchdowns? Yeah, but he threw like 50 times.
0: Great! So. I don't and care. It was,
1: it was garbage time, and you're right. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's better than people think, no doubt. Yeah, hopefully he won't go full Andy Dalton under the primetime lights. Son of a ginger fist! Tank
0: Williams. Oh, my special. God.
1: Andy Dalton looks so bad. Oh, it was I mean...
0: terrible. You know what, Brandon? I pulled off a golden sombrero and betting uh, on <laughs> Monday night. I had the Bengals and the points. I had over one and a half touchdowns for Andy Dalton. He should have had two in that game. Tyler Eifert sucks my hind teat. Uh, I had Joe Mixon over 18 and a half receiving yards and one other prop bet tied. Oh, Jesus.
1: I mean, they Mixon had like four catches. They went for like one One yard yard each. Right. I was maddening. Golden. Oh, those little screen passes were not working yet. They kept doing it. And it was like they were losing yards every time they did it. It It's like, good Lord, put these guys down the field a little bit. Do something different. Zach Taylor got an F minus last night in coaching. Andy
0: Dalton needed an old Yeller moment. Just take
1: him behind the woodshed, man. That's. Yeah. I mean, it was, oh, it was just a. Oh, he was. He was. He looked bad. It wasn't all offensive line. There was a couple times where he moved up in the pocket because the rush was coming in on him, and he was. He was. He moved into safety, and yet he right. didn't notice it. He just <laughs> looks like if he would have just kind of like oh, I, I got, I mean, I'm, I'm in a safe area now, but he would just like hurry up and throw like this <laughs> off target quick pass because he thought he was still under pressure. You know how Tom Brady will just move up in the pocket yep. and all of a sudden it's, yep. it's there for him. Like Dalton has no perception of that whatsoever. He'll move up. And he'll still think he's under pressure, even when he's a, kind of eluded it for a moment. You know, it's like he's a terrible.
0: Yeah, he had blinders on, and we're gonna get to him. I might actually have him in the stream quarterback
1: of the week. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, I understand why. Ginger I... fist.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, getting back to DeAndre Hopkins, no deal for me on T. Y.
1: Hilton. What about for Derrick Henry? D. Hop for Henry. Uh, uh, that's yeah. close. Gonna... It's really it's close. close. Henry's a I true blue workhorse. It's like, look, it, why would you make a deal because you're. Strong in one area and you need to help out another area. I think if this is – if you're like a guy that has decent wide receivers and you need some running back help, this is the kind of deal you would make right now. So uh, if 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 the need's there, yeah, I'd make this deal. Uh, I would
0: say – and again, this comes down to scoring system for me. If it's standard or half-point PPR, I say deal. If it's full-point PPR, no deal because Henry's only catching like a ball a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, every once in a while, it goes for a really, really long distance.
0: But he's living up to the hype, man. He's, he hit the century yet again last week. I mean, he is getting fed the rock 20-plus times every single game. They are driving him into the ground. And, I mean, he is the modern-day Brandon Jacobs. He is a football Frankenstein, dude. He's <laughs> he's so upright. He's, er, I run, I crush. I mean, that is – I mean, it was more Hulk – I think I just went there than, <laughs> than Frankenstein. but oh, well,
1: We don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah that sounds a little Frankenstein.
0: <sighs> I little will smash you.
1: Frankenstein's monster, right? Like yeah, Dr. Frankenstein's forget. monster. That's yeah, what
0: people yeah. always, you know, people look at Frankenstein, the actual monster, and they just call him Frank. That's not true. He's right. the monster. Exactly. So, there you go. Mary uh, Shelley would really appreciate us um, deciphering <laughs> that for the American public.
1: What about DeAndre Hopkins for Cooper Cup? Man, this is one of those things where you—it's recency bias, and you're looking at three straight Cooper Cup games. And like, in a in a vacuum, I think actually Cooper Cup is is the—I mean, I've I've been ranking him as the number one Ram in my last big board. Uh, I had him ranked. I think I might have even put him in top top uh, thirty overall. I think he's there, but like, I'm still probably this is a challenge deal. I think I'm still there on DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just looking back to last year, like week 11 through 14 for DeAndre Hopkins he went 56 yards, 74 yards, 91 yards and 36 yards. Now, he scored one extra touchdown cuz he has what? One touchdown right now and he he had two during that stretch last year. But you would go god, DeAndre Hopkins is killing me. And you can look, you know, each of these years you'll find a stretch where he was kind of down for 3 to 4 weeks at a time. But in the end, you got to trust the talent, and you got to trust, you know, this offense and Deshaun Watson and his ability to move around and exploit Hopkins' talent in kind of that schoolyard environment, which we've seen, and it, it's so glorious for them when it's working. I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins by a hair
0: here. I am too. I mean, it, they're comparable. They really are. And Cup and has a high floor because he's consistently getting his 68 receptions every single week, but. Scheduling is everything in fantasy, right? We know the opportunity is there for D-Hop. He's a guy that's averaging nine targets per game. Uh, I know he's wide receiver 23, but look at the next four games. You get Atlanta, and Desmond Trufunk got lit up last week. So you no longer have to really
1: fear him. Then you get a shootout. Yeah, he gave up a touchdown, and I think he had a case because he kind of complained there was a little bit of a push-off there. Oh, whatever.
0: That just shut up and deal with it. Uh, Then (laughs) then you get Kansas City. At a game with a lot of shootout appeal, then Indy. Now, Indy is you know inside the top third and fewest fancy points allowed to the wide receiver position, but you don't look anybody in that secondary and say to yourself, you know, like is Rocky Pierre yassin
1: Desir? Pierre Desir has been R- pretty good.
0: Rocky Assine. I mean, yeah. what a great name, by the way.
1: Yeah. You're, rock. You, you call up Rock's a girl,
0: you'd be like, "Hey, girl, this is Rocky Assine." <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Rocky. I'm going to Rocky I love it. I mean, that's I love, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, you get Oakland. We know how friendly that secondary's been. Better days on the horizon for D Hop. I say again, no deal with Cooper Cup. What about Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. For Le'Veon Bell, deal or no deal?
1: Um, no deal. Le'Veon Bell's getting like 25 touches per game. He's gonna get Sam Darnold back. The world in which he's living is gonna look a whole lot better when that happens, but you just want to follow those touches. I'm still ranking Le'Veon Bell as a top six pick in fantasy right now going forward.
0: Uh, I say no deal. I mean, you gotta follow the volume. You're right. Once I get Sam dartled back,
1: this is going to be a completely different offense. Well, you would do the deal because you would have Odell. Oh, We'd deal. Do- yeah,
0: I would do the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad. i confused confuse my own game. <laughs> but, yes, I would definitely take the deal there. I mean, that is guaranteed 20 to 25 touches every single week. Uh, the fronts will improve. You know, he's he's viable in the pass game. He's going to catch probably five to seven passes every game. I'd
1: take the money and run. What about Odell Beckham for Kenny Galladay? Uh I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep Odell Beckham, and before last week, he had to average ten uh, targets per week. He was getting targets. I'm just looking at Odell's schedule. Like it's brutal, dude. It's, it's brutal. brutal right? It's brutal right now. But if you're if you're looking at being a playoff team in week 11, you get Pittsburgh, and in week 12, you get Miami. In week 13, you get Pittsburgh. In week 14, you get Cincinnati. In week 15, you get Arizona. Like the Most important chunk of the season, you have a sweetheart of a schedule.
0: You do, but you have to place yourself in that position. You said if you're playoff, if you're trending to the playoffs, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something you kind of just wait and let it shake out. Because by the you know, after the next four games, you know, so let's let's look at it upcoming. You got at San Francisco, that's a tough secondary with Mm -hmm. Witherspoon and Sherman, Seattle. You know, which is again um, much improved. They have a lot of It'll be It'll be points. more
1: about Ezekiel Lanza and Jadavian Clowney uh, getting after the quarterback in that one and not. True. It, and not, and we, not know not so we know the issues.
0: We know the issues that Cleveland has up front. Then you got the bye week. Then at New England after yeah. that, and they're shutting every wide receiver down. The fewest fancy points allowed to wide, uh, wide receivers in the year at Denver. You know, the one saving grace to the Broncos is Chris Harris. Who will probably shadow Beckham in that game. The Broncos have the fourth fewest fancy points. And then the Bills and Tredavious White, who have given up the third fewest fancy points at WRs. So okay. for me, so, so I'm it's a tough selling.
1: Run. It's a tough run to that point, no doubt. I'm and then, selling. And then, and then like, you all get, downhill.
0: You look at early November, right before your league's trade deadline, you could probably score Odell Beckham for like a six-pack of watermelon White Claws.
1: I've never had one of those, but uh yeah.
0: Anything watermelon, I can I like Jolly Ranchers, anything, I cannot get down with it. Yeah. And I can't uh, get down with this upcoming schedule for Odell Beckham. So I'm gonna say right now, I'm taking the deal if it's Le'Veon Bell, I'm taking the deal if it's Kenny Galladay, and I'm taking the deal for this last guy in Mike Evans. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think Mike Evans to me is something that you can get behind. I mean the recency bias you can talk about, but it's also uh Mike Evans was pretty close to Odell Beckham in terms of our preseason ranks and just kind of the way the offensive environments are trending right now. It's fair to look at that recency bias and say, okay, I got one of the most talented receivers in Mike Evans, and oh, by the way, he's also producing. I'd rather have a guy I'd rather have the bird in hand in Mike Evans than Odell Beckham. So I, I'm good with that one. All right, let's get this last one in here and then we we'll do a little absolutely fabulous. AJ
0: Green did a little warm up uh sluggishly. He was snail-like. I don't know if you saw the video of him um, you know, doing some footwork on the side. Looked like he had to go boo-boo the way he was walking around. <laughs> it looked a little strange. Uh, turtle popping out of its shell a little bit. Uh, but let's, let's go – you know, he's at least a couple of weeks away. I, maybe late October, I think, is more of a, a fair guesstimate that he'll be back in uniform for the Cincinnati Bengals. A.J. Green for Devonta Freeman. Deal or no deal?
1: Good Lord. Ugh. I'm going to keep <laughs> – I'm going to keep Devonta Freeman because I'm just looking at the last two games. He's had 19 and 20 touches. He had eight catches for 72 yards. And I think, yes, that's what they need to be doing with this guy. He can catch the ball. He can be dangerous out in space as a receiver. I think they're going to continue down that vein. But, um, yeah, I'm going to follow volume here. And I'm going to follow a guy who's not on the sideline for the next two weeks. So give me Devonta Freeman. Uh, I say no deal. I don't take
0: my chances on A.J. Green. If I have depth at running back, I'd certainly do that. Atlanta's next three games at Houston, at Arizona, a delightful matchup there, then against the Rams at home. And the Rams, you can definitely run on them. They're top ten in most fantasy points a lot of the running back position. Uh, What about A.J. Green for Stephon Diggs, who had a resurrection of sorts last week in Chicago? Deal or no deal for him?
1: He had an erection in Chicago?
0: Resurrection.
1: Oh, Resurrection. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. I mean, he might have gone uh,
0: to Polecats or, well, or I mean, Heavenly his, his Bodies. Own, I don't his know. His
1: owners might have gotten erection. Uh, <laughs> but more likely, it, they were still flaccid because they left him on the bench. Oh, well played. Where, well played. That's because he should have been. I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go A.J. Green here because I feel like um, this is going to be – continue to be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in Cincinnati. There's a well-established – chemistry rapport between Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. I think Stephon Diggs, this is going to be a yo-yo season. Like, he used to be a yo-yo anyways when they were throwing the ball. But now that they're, like, when they prefer to run, like – it's going to be even more of a yo-yo. So I think you might see like one out of every three to four weeks from Stephon Diggs. You're going to be happy with it, but good luck trying to predict when that is. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: Minnesota only calling pass on 43.8% of their plays. Uh, Andy Dalton is already – I mean, he's averaged 41.5 attempts per game. And they're, they're just deficit-ridden Or the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a positive thing for fantasy. So I'm going to say no deal. I'm with you there on Diggs. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather have A.J. Green. Last one, A.J. Green or my boy Josh Gordon?
1: I'm going to go AJ Green. I think Josh Gordon's at the point where he's kind of like just an athletic tight end. He he's lost some agility. Uh like I I've, I've noticed a couple of plays where they've thrown in the ball where it's required him to contort a little bit. He's incapable of it. He can't do it. I think he's too muscle bound. But uh he's caught almost like 50% of his passes. Like that's pretty bad from a Tom yeah. Brady. You know, you you got 27 targets, you got 14 catches. Like I think he's kind of like a a five-catch, 60 yards, maybe every once in a while you get a touchdown. I think that's kind of where he's at now, where I would much rather t- chase um, the ceiling of A.J. Green. Uh, I'm going to say deal, and here's the reason
0: why. Schedule. Look at it for the New England Patriots upcoming at Washington and that burnable unit with Josh Norman and Jimmy Moreland. Uh, then after that, you get the G-men. Good Lord, yes. At the Jets. you know, Jets have been pretty good against the pass cleveland we'll see what the status health wise of that secondary is at baltimore which that's the way you can exploit the ravens is through the air by week and then at philly and we know all the issues that the phillies have in that defensive backfield so better days ahead for josh gordon if you need to win now you have aj green and somebody offers you gordon you take that deal all right let's go on to absolutely fabulous it's our snapshot of some uh, widely available players right now in yahoo leagues brandon And based on a percentage, what would you be willing to spend from your budget to acquire their services? Let's start with Golden Tate, 49% owned in Yahoo! Leagues. He is back off a suspension uh, from the fertility drug mishap. What do you do with him? How much are you willing to spend of, you know, assuming 100% of your budget to acquire him this
1: week? Uh, eight percent, eight eight bucks out of a hundred. I'm not I'm not super excited because I, I the one thing about Golden Tate that we know is he's not a a true difference maker. He's a compiler. He's one of the better yes. kind of compilers. Like it, you know, in the in his best world, he's you know just barely over a thousand yards, and but he gets like ninety catches and maybe four to six touchdowns in that range. Let me tell you, how much better is that than a guy who's widely available and Cole Beasley, who's getting who's you know 10th in the league in targets, who's averaging six catches and 60 yards. What's Golden Tate going to average? Is he going to average a whole lot better than that? I say no. So if you go and you try to get Golden Tate and you don't get him, your fallback is Cole Beasley. Uh, where's the banjo sound?
0: <laughs> Cole Beasley. <laughs> Every time I hear the name, uh, he's like yeah. making moonshine in the Appalachian somewhere. Like or West the
1: next guy that we're going to talk about, they're all similar.
0: They're just they they they're are. Just... They're all kind of lumped together. You're right. So a uh, golden Tate for me. I go a little bit more like twelve to fourteen bucks on him, uh, or twelve to fourteen percent out of a hundred percent budget. Uh, I think he's going to have. He'll get force fed this week. I like the match. of going against Minnesota. Probably going to see a lot of train wings and coverage. Who's giving him one sixteen point one passer rating? Minnesota smack dab in the middle in most fantasy points allowed to the position. But Danny and then we're gonna have to try to build an instant chemistry on the field, and that's why I think he's gonna pepper with targets. Uh, Jamison Crowder's the next guy, at forty-five percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Same pricing, like eight percent. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a contingency bid for me. I, I'm going. I'm. I would. I'm, I'm probably still going Golden Tate as like my number one priority if I'm doing this, and then Jamison Crowder for the same amount of dollars. I'm putting as my number two. Uh, contingency bid here and then it's Cole Beasley After that but uh, They're they're you know all kind of slot You know good in PPR Pumped up format kind of receivers uh, With low touchdown And you know yards Per catch yields
0: Yeah I have nothing to add to that you're right I mean yeah. y- you hit the nail on the head that's exactly what it is uh, You know hopefully with Darnold back He'll average around You know six seven eight receptions Per game for a whopping, what, 70, 80 yards and no touchdown? It's it, You're right. It's like it's Cole Beasley. It's Danny Amendola back in the yeah. day. You know, that's that's what those guys do. Jarvis Landry is another one. Though he had that breakout game last week. Though he is uh, in concussion protocol right now. What about my boy Geronimo Allison? Devontae Adams deal with that turf toe injury. Very painful. We'll see what his status is this week against the Cowboys. Allison only 24% owned.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, it's not a it's not a great matchup. But if Adams is out, you expect him to uh continue to be more involved. I'm a little bit worried I mean, this is kinda like a one week ad. I you know, I've had turf toe before. It's I can see for Devontae Adams maybe him missing a game. I don't see him missing two though. Um and I'm worried a little bit about Jimmy Graham emerging again with nine yeah. targets, six catches. He actually looked pretty good. It kinda seemed like Aaron Rodgers and him. Had a moment, and so maybe that continues. I just don't know. I think he gets squeezed pretty quickly. So, this is a one week ad against a not great matchup. I'm just, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm bidding zero dollars and hoping I get him for zero dollars. Uh, I'll throw a couple bucks at him. You know, again, if you want a plug and play option
0: in a bye week with Detroit out, you know, maybe you're a Kenny Galladay fan or a Marvin Jones guy. And he needs somebody to plug and play. Maybe carry on Johnson in a flex or something like that. Geronimo Allison has some upside. Though, the Dallas Cowboys secondary, all their DBs have allowed an 81 passer rating or less this year. They've been really good. And I'd be curious to see how Allison's utilized. Is it going to be in the slot? Is it going to be outside? You know, I guess he could be interchanged with MBS because they both have experience in that area. Again, if Adams were sidelined by that turf toe. Uh, pick your poison here. Who would you rather have? Preston Williams. I know Miami's on a bye, but he's getting a lot of uh targets. Deontay Johnson, who's now scored in back to back games for the Steelers, or oh, my guy! The draft neck himself, Dontrell Inman, off a seven catch, uh near eighty yard performance last week, and we don't know if Mike Williams will be back in uniform against the Denver Broncos.
1: Yeah, but he think he has a good chance to and if that happens and Inman is uh, you know, he's becomes a wallflower again and So he will become a wallflower pretty quickly. And also with Melvin Gord back there as well, like just the focus on Inman, it could be almost nil really soon. Um, Preston Williams is interesting, but I actually think my favorite Miami receiver coming out of their buy is going to be Albert Wilson. Oh, Ooh, I I'm thought a- you were going to go Devontae Parker on me. <laughs> nope, nope. Because Devontae Parker runs vertical routes, and I was looking at the routes run by Preston Williams, and they're a lot vertical as well. He's, he's, he's come across the middle a little bit, but that is Albert Wils- Wilson's domain, and I think when he's back and he's healthy, which I think week six it's looking like he's going to be. Like, remember, in week one – he played like a quarter. They targeted him four times, and they also gave him a carry. So he touched – he had five you know, touches plus targets in a little over a quarter in week one. I think with Josh Rosen, he's a guy that's going to be very interesting. Do not forget about him. You probably don't have to pick him up this week, but I think next week he's a guy you're going to want to pick up because we know Miami's going to throw the ball. In this particular question, I'm going to go Deontay Johnson because we don't get to decide where the vacuum, you know, because there's so many targets available. We don't get to decide where they go. I decided it was going to be Dante Moncrief, and I was crazy wrong. Oh,
0: we both were wrong on
1: that one. Yeah, and then everybody else is like, well, it's you know, it's the rapport with James Washington and Mason Rudolph. That's going to really stand out now. Nope. Uh, the guy who's had double the amount of targets in the two games with Mason Rudolph at quarterback starting – over uh, James Washington has been Deontay Deontay Johnson. Johnson. He's he's scored two cheap touchdowns, but he's getting targets. He's got 12 targets in two games. Juju Smith-Schuster has 11 targets in those games. James Washington has six targets in those games. Follow the volume. And by the way, this is a guy that had a pretty good profile coming out of college in Toledo. Uh, A lot to like about him. Kind of called a running back um, in wide receiver clothing. And the comp from Lance Zerline was Emmanuel Sanders. So there you go. Uh,
0: And that's a glorious comp. And he's played up to that part. There's no doubt about that. And I like some of the matchups upcoming uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You get the Ravens in that burnable secondary Uh, You get the Chargers. He probably won't see Casey Hayward. That's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster's territory there. Then the bye. Then you get Miami. I mean, there's. I like Deontay Johnson, too. He's impressed me. He's played a ton of snaps. He's getting the looks. You're spot on there. What about Naheem Hines? And I would throw in Jordan Wilkins here. Uh, This is entirely tied to the availability of Marlon Mack, who's dealing with an ankle injury. But, my God, you've got a superb matchup this week against the Chiefs. Again, the opening total in Vegas or Jersey, on this game, 57.
1: Whoa! 57! Well, okay, so we like Jordan Wilkins, but the game sets up for Naheem Hines. And we saw it last week. When they were in garbage time, it was Hines. And so you would think that's going to – I mean, Indy's on the road with no Marlon Mack. You're thinking Naheem Hines is going to be the one they're going to have to lean on because they're going to be in passing down situations shortly after kickoff. You know, it's not going to take long before they're going to be needing to to play on a hurry up pace, and I would that would definitely lean Naheem Hines. This is a this is a one week plug and play, and so I what might, uh, three to five bucks. That yeah, I, mean, that's I was going to say it. I might I might throw a few dollars at it just if I you know wanted to take advantage of that and I needed a running back to play this week. So yeah, and Jordan Wilkins would be interesting if Mack were out, uh, because the Kansas City Chiefs have
0: given up a hundred and twenty seven point eight rush yards per game just yeah. rush yards to the running back position and 5.8 yards per carry as well uh what about Jeff Wilson we touched on him a little bit earlier uh you know discussing Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida I think he's going to score at least a touchdown this week you know the yardage yield is always going to be low because he doesn't get a whole lot of work but man he has been money in the bank in red zone situations he has cashed in on four of five carries inside the five for six so what do you do with him against
1: Cleveland uh, I think my first fantasy league I ever played in was six points for a touchdown, and like you also got bonuses if your running back hit 100 yards rushing, and it, I forget what the what the bonus was for that. But it was basically a touchdown only with with a you know with a threshold and yardage that if you hit. In those leagues, I'd be interested in Jeff Wilson. In any other league, I don't want him. I'm not chasing touchdowns. That's, that's what we're doing here. We're chasing touchdowns. Oh, we totally are. But I listen, plug
0: and play, multi-flex league, why the hell not? There are some sickos out there like you and me at playing like a 16-teamer, 18-teamer, maybe even a 20-teamer where Jeff Wilson could still be available. Okay. Just tell Have it, fun it's only 5% Just... owned in Yahoo leagues. I'd be All willing right. to throw a couple bucks at them. Uh, rank these tight ends for me. Chris Herndon, all suspension for the Jets. Dawson Knox, whose profile continues to rise for the Bills, or Tyler Eifert. Again, mother of all matchups, the Arizona Cardinals this week.
1: Hmm. I'm going to go Chris Herndon, one. I'm going to go off the board with another under 20% owned tight end, Noah Fant, two. Uh, oh, Dawson damn. Knox, three. Tyler Eifert, four. And I put Fant and Knox pretty close. I have Herndon as my clear number one here just because – he looked pretty good uh in the second half of the season with Darnold last year there's a clear need in this offense and a clear expectation that they're going to have to throw the ball in that offense. So I like him number 1 um kind of with a bullet here. But I think Noah Fant and Dawson Knox are both interesting. And the thing, the reason I throw Fant in there is cuz he's clearly the number 1 tight end in terms of snaps. Like uh, he's he's dominating snaps at the tight end position. He's hit 30 plus yards in every game. We saw his yards after catch ability yeah. in the last game when they kind of threw it was basically like a screen and he, you know, he just was zigzagged his way into the end zone from 20 plus yards out. So you might see more and more of that as the season goes on. But I think Dawson Knox, uh, we're going to see more and more of him as well. And he's a, he's an athletic guy as well. So both of those guys, I would lump together. Uh, I'm with it
0: there. I I mean, it depends upon your situation again. Like if you were desperate for a win this week, it's Tyler Eifert. Number one has to be right. I mean, Arizona's given up 7.9 fantasy points per game more than, uh, to the tight end position than the number two in that category. That's Tampa. So, I mean, Eifert, it's close as a, as you can get to a guaranteed touchdown with him than anybody else. But if you're looking long-term, right. Herndon's the guy I would put Dawson Knox to then Fant. I love Dawson Knox's uh, ball adjustment abilities. I mean, he can really twist and track and reel it in. I mean, he had some high-degree difficulty catches last week against the Patriots. And, and you
1: know what? And time, and what caught my eye was the week before against Cincinnati. They gave him a they gave him a handoff on a reverse. Like how many tight ends are getting reverse handoffs? Right. Exactly. You know, like that speaks a lot to what they think about him in his athleticism. Yep. And so that opened my eyes last week. And he followed it up with 58 yards. He said against the Patriots. So uh, he's peaked. He should be peaking a lot of people's interest right now. A lot of bursts there yes. in those legs for Mr. Knox.
0: All right. Give me a stream quarterback of the week. Oh, God. Can I say Andy Dalton? Uh, against... That's
1: my choice. Let's go, uh, baby. Lock and load the red rifle. Uh, Jacoby
0: Brissett. How about that? Well, that would be the appropriate one. Yeah. For sure. You can,
1: you can go gush about Andy Dalton. Um, I'll throw out Jacoby because if he's available, uh, which he's available in a lot of leagues still, you get the mother of all matchups this week and the mother of all situations in Jacoby Brissett. So let's assume he's gone Go ahead and you can you can well, I mean, about Andy. I mean, that's the silver medal here in terms of
0: matchups is the Arizona Cardinals. Third most yeah. fantasy points, eight point five yards per attempt, two point five touchdowns per game, two hundred and eighty-nine point five yards per game allowed to the quarterback position alone. Brock and Murphy in that defensive backfield, a combined one twenty seven point seven passer rating and four TDs surrendered. I mean, Andy Dalton's back at home. He's been on the road in three of his first four games. This has got three hundred and two written all over it.
1: Yeah, I mean, before I mean, he started out with 400 yards and 300 yards in his first two games. Um, this might be a chance for him to get right. Uh, so I, as bad as that was, you gotta, you got to erase the memory of that Pittsburgh game and just remember that this guy has been pretty good in a couple of the games so far this year, and he, he looks like someone who can take advantage of matchups at least.
0: you got to remember, he is not a nocturnal producer. <laughs> it's just that's just the right, bottom right. line, man. And this is a day game. It's all good. He'll be fine. That's a, that is a great fade play, by the way, uh, against the majority, uh, low probably ownership percentage in DFS would be Andy Dalton this week.
1: Yeah, what about Sam Darnold? Like, what if? Yeah, they, he's interesting. If, he's interesting. What if they say Sam Darnold's feeling great? Uh, you know, his his week of practice has looked awesome. You get Philadelphia, who's been uh, very generous so far this year as well in the secondary. Uh, give me a stream D of the week. This is a slam dunk in my mind, of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, damn it, that was mine. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so that just that just more corroborates the fact that it's a slam dunk because this is the number seven defensive unit so far and you're going against the number four offense in terms of giving up points to the opposing defense in fantasy in the Buffalo Bills, whether it's Josh Allen or whether it's Matt Barkley who looked every bit as generous and every bit as vulnerable in terms of Giving up turnovers as Josh Allen ever did So uh, you get Tennessee at home You get a, a Team that has quarterbacks That will cough up the ball for you at some point In the game I think it's a slam dunk With the Titans
0: yeah thing. the Bills have recorded A pair of 10s and takeaways and surrendered Sacks this season uh, The Tennessee Titans can get after it uh, They've got QB uh, takedowns Number 13 13 in total there uh, Harold Landry and Cameron Wake uh, Combined I think have six sacks Alone so, yeah, they'll get after. Tennessee, you have to stream all day long. Although, hopefully, it won't be like a Baltimore Ravens situation. We're like, yeah, pick up the Ravens and play them against the Browns. And the Browns put up, like, what, 40 points? Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Was, it was just one of those unpredictable weeks in fantasy with the double nickel by the Buccaneers and, and of course, uh, Cleveland and their woes and, you know, washing <sharp inhale> away all those feelings
1: on the road in Baltimore. It's just strange. Yeah, if if all weeks were like that, we would have probably given up this racket a long time ago. No, no, I love to gamble, and I love to play fantasy,
0: so I can't (laughs) quit. Can't quit it, Brandon! I'm an addict! Injected in my veins. And that's a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Record Podcast. Continue to rate and review this fine program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you download and listen to your podcast. Hats to our terrific, extraordinary, stupendous producer, Nathaniel Lundy. Please follow the show, would you kindly, on the Twitter, at Fantasy Record. Follow Funston, at Brandon Funston, his excellent work as well, at The Athletic. Follow me, at Yahoo Noise. And until next time,
1: adios, FITOS!